Hey, it's George Free. Welcome to the Martial Arts Media Business Podcast. So today I have a special guest with me, Edward Carr from New Hampshire in the United States. And so Edward owns two locations, Tokyo Joe Studios and Team Link MMA, both at the same actual location in the same facility on two separate floors. So we chat a bit about that divide and also how he's built a thriving business, 320, 30 odd plus students mostly on word of mouth. And look, always when someone says word of mouth, I'm always curious because it always means there's a strong program, a strong product, and much more to it, right? And so we chat a lot about uh, things that they've done in the community, their community promotions, also his book against anti-bullying that positions him as an authority, and all this, how it helped them thrive through the pandemic and almost not losing any students after being locked down for a full year. So we're going to jump into that. If you are new to the podcast, do check out on this page, martialartsmedia.com forward slash 126, depending where you're listening or watching. And be sure to download our ebook, The Ultimate Facebook Guide for Martial Arts Schools. That'll help you create your next winning ad campaign. And of course, wherever you're listening or watching, make sure you hit that subscribe button that you get notified when we release our next episode. All right, let's get into it. Ladies and gentlemen. Hi, everybody. Good evening. Are you ready? Keep this frequency clear. I know you're going to dig this. Oh, yeah. Okay, here we go. Check, check it out. You're listening to the Martial Arts Media Podcast, where you, the martial arts school owner, gets insider tips and secrets from leading experts to help you build a more profitable martial arts business. Now, here's your host, the founder of martialartsmedia.com, George Faree. This podcast episode is the audio version from a video that was published on martialartsmedia.com. For the full episode, to download the transcript and get all the show notes, head over to martialartsmedia.com. Enjoy. So Edward, over the last couple of months or just in general, what's been the top marketing strategy and lead generator for you? It would be um, a, a, lot of, a lot of word of mouth, a lot of word of mouth and online. Um, you know, some online advertising definitely helped out, but the word of mouth has been incredible with all the students promoting, you know, the school and, you know, me being involved in the schools a lot also has helped out quite a bit, you know, just like I said, just promoting and having fun and, you know, going from there. Um, and just letting the kids know, you know, letting everyone know, you know, what, what we're doing, what we're about promoting the safety, you know, letting them know, like, even through the pandemic, you know, people still nervous. You know, um, you know, having all the safety stations everywhere and all that, just making the making everyone feel comfortable, and, and then having them go out and telling all their friends this is a place to go to exercise and have fun, and you know, have your kids learn. So, if you've got great word of mouth, it's always a sign that you've got a great product, right, and great training and great yeah. program. Um, but other than that, how do you feel you kind of orchestrate a lot of word of mouth, and what do you think? What do you think escalates it? Every time someone competes or does something, well, we've had a few big name fighters, you know, fight for us. Um, that always brings in a lot of students. People see it. They watch it on UFC Fight Pass. You know, they go from there. We've had a lot of kids, Muay Thai tournaments and grappling tournaments and karate tournaments. They're starting to do them again. And that's always been great. You know, kids win a medal or a trophy. They're all happy. They tell their friends, 
you know, and that's the type of word of mouth stuff that's happening. I wrote a book and I um, was on bullying and um, I got that involved in the schools. So, you know, the, you know, me being involved in the schools and helping out and talking to the children, you know, about bullying and this and that's also been huge. So it's a good word of mouth, you know, think, you know, for me, you know, to do all that. Um, like I said, there's been a little bit of online, you know, um, stuff. I've done some, you know, you know, contests here and there, you know, um, for everything to get the students involved, you know, and you know, just, just trying to work it, make it, make it a grind. What's the book called? Uh, lift them up. And it's available on Amazon? Yeah, it's available on Amazon. Yeah, Amazon Books. It's called Lift Them Up and um, and um, empower, How to Make an Empowering Lifestyle. You know, it just doesn't deal with this typical bullying. It deals with cyberbullying. You know, it, it goes through the whole, you know, everyone thinks bullying. You just, you know, pick on someone. But, you know, a lot of people don't realize there's a whole cyberbullying, internet bullying, texting bullying, all that. There's so much out there that people don't understand and realize. So, you know, I mean, it's done well. I've sold like four or 500 books. I can't complain. <laughs> That's perfect. Well, I hope you sell four and 5,000 more after we do this podcast, yeah. right? <laughs> Absolutely. If you don't mind sharing a little bit of insight, because, I mean, it's a whole different planet. Just like you're saying, you know, it used to be bullying face-to-face. Yeah. -face, but, you know, if, if I look at kids today, I think they're dealing with this whole whole different form of bullying that's it's it's pretty intense and i don't know i sometimes wonder how how kids have actually got to deal with that right if if there's a especially if there's a group of people that are bullying you or doing cyber attacks and, and just being nasty kids what's what's your yeah, advice not, to kids and how to how to deal with that communication a lot of kids tend to um hide things you know and I have a lot of kids that feel very comfortable coming to talk to me, not only their own parents, but teachers, because they're afraid or scared. And it's just communication. I'm trying to, you know, when I talk to them, I want them to feel comfortable. I want them to realize it's okay to talk to the teachers. It's okay to talk to your parents, especially your parents. Let them know what's going on. Too many kids out there just bottle it up. And unfortunately, you know, bad things do happen. And, you know, a lot of times they'll bottle that up and hold that negative energy inside and they explode and something negative can happen off of that. You know, and that's the whole key, you know, is communication, letting them know, you know, that people are out there that care, you know, the, these people in these positions care for them and want the best for them and want to help them out. And so is that something you do on the mats, like mat chats and things like that? Yeah, we talk a lot about that you know, on the mats at the end of every class, I usually have like a little, you know, two to three minute mat chat with them. And we're always talking about bullying, um, you know, certain situations, you know, and just how to, how to train, you know, how to deal with it, you know, how to use your words first, you know, everyone thinks a lot of kids think too, you know, how to deal with things they don't understand either. I got to make them aware. Like they think, okay, I know karate and martial arts. I'm just going to go beat the bully up. That's not what it's all about, you know, trying to get them to realize to be able to talk to them, try and make them be their friends or walk away. If there is a self-defense situation there, then, of course, you know, deal with it in the proper way. But um, definitely learn how to use your words first and your brain. I always tell them, use your brain first. Be smart. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Cool. So so talking about online, um, moving through the pandemic, and you mentioned earlier that mm – -hmm you managed to maintain almost your full student base. How, how long yeah. were you locked down for? Just curious. About a year. Wow. It was about a good year, um, you know. Um, and, you know, you weren't allowed to have any. I could do 
one-on-one classes. Like um, I had a couple people, you know, that would I would make sure at twelve o'clock they could come in. It was just them; no one else could be around. I'd have to give a half hour's worth of time in between so I could clean and sanitize, and they could have another private. But that was it; no group classes. I could do family classes, but I'd have to do them outside. So thank goodness a lot of this was during the summer, so it worked out pretty good. Yeah. Um, and um, so I do a lot of group classes, you know, with families outside in the parking lot, which another way, which is pretty good advertising too, because then people driving by seeing us working out and exercising and doing something. So it was good advertising in that way. Um, so, you know, it, it, it was rough, but, um, but um, it was a learning experience for me because um, trying to develop a, um, a system to keep everyone happy on zoom, you know, I've never taught, I mean, I've done a lot of seminars and this and that, but I've never taught on zoom you know, pretty much eight hours a day standing in front of a camera trying to teach forms, you know, or trying to teach, you know, a kickboxing combination and make sure they got proper footwork. It was a learning experience for me too. So, but it worked and um, kept everyone happy. And, you know, like I said, we just always have a contest. I always had something going on just to keep them, you know, feeling good about themselves. What do you think you've taken from that? It's made me definitely a better um, instructor off of that. You know, it, it definitely opened up my eyes a little bit. Um, I definitely became a better. Um, it just made me practice a little. You know, we kind of we kind of get into our. I don't want to say a rut in a bad way, but we get in a rut in a daily routine of coming into the school four o'clock class, five o'clock class, six o'clock class, and what it made me do is step out of the box a little bit. I hadn't done that for a while because I got a successful school. I'm happy. I'm always willing to grow and do what it takes. But I was, you know, doing well. So I was like, okay, but this made me step out of the box a little bit, made me realize, you know, okay, start training. You got to start training. You got to start using your mind, come up with these ideas, you know, you know, make these kids happy. Let these kids know you care. Let the parents know you care, you know, uh, be BJJ MMA, make them happy, make sure, you know, and be a coach. And so it made me step out of the box and become a better person for sure. Were there any like specific obstacles that you faced with the kids having to show up online and getting involved and engaging? <laughs> yeah, it was interesting because I'd have to mute a lot of stuff. Like they could hear me, but I couldn't hear them because, you know, we'd have 30, 40 people online sometimes. You can't everyone, you know, they're still at home. So they still have their home lives. So you have dogs in the background or brothers and sisters poking their brothers online. And there's just, yeah. So at times it was a horror show. It was like, whoa, what's going on? <laughs> um, but um, I mean, that was, that was the biggest obstacle. The biggest thing was just like, you know, trying to overcome all that at first. But once, you know, after, after a week or so, it, it smoothed out pretty well. And, um, and um, it wasn't really that bad, you know, trying to engage them, to let them know they could do martial arts on the computer and not just play video games is rough. Because I would have some students that would blank the screen but forget to mute it, and I could hear them playing video games in the background. So then the parents would ask me how they're doing. I'm like, I don't know. You need to ask them. He's been playing video games. You know, so, you know, stuff like that would happen on and off. But, um, but overall, it was, you know, it was definitely tough keeping them engaged because they're staring at a computer screen. Even my own daughter would do karate in her bedroom and, you know, I'd have to tell her, stop jumping on the bed. Like, listen, you're in class. Stop jumping on the bed. Was, trying to keep them engaged was definitely a learning experience. That's so, so what, did you, what did you do to have that constant state change? 
you know, because, I mean, you can't let them do one thing too long to get in, yeah, boredom kicks in. I, I just constantly kept them moving as much as I could. You know, sometimes in a normal class, you know, you take your time, you go over forms more, there's more of a pause, more of a slow. You couldn't do that online. I almost taught it like a cardio kickboxing class, you know, where I just kept moving and moving and moving and moving and moving. Classes are only 30 minutes long. But it was like, just keep them moving. Don't give them that time to stop. You know, they'll give them that time to think. We would do a form to warm up. And right from our form, we'd go right into some kicking and some punching. And then we'd go into some, you know, self-defense techniques. And I'd make it a game. And you just keep them moving. So they didn't have that time to go look around or see who's playing outside or stuff like that. Gotcha. And then jujitsu. And how did, how did you handle the, the BJJ side and the adults and so forth? That was the tough part. Like teaching Thai kickboxing or MMA wasn't so bad because you could teach them some combinations, some sprawls, double legs. You can teach transitions and stuff. That was okay. But um, the BJJ was tough. You know, like I had um, when it, everyone make their own dummy, grappling dummy, or they could buy one for me, you know. But, and, you know, whoever made the best dummy won a free gi, you know, and stuff like that. So we had like, 15 people make their own grappling dummies. So that's part of getting them involved and engaged. A few people bought some off of me. And then basically it was just teaching them transitions and moves and talking, talking to them about, you know, you know, the connecting points, you know, I always have points of control and hip pressure and where, where your hips should be, where your shoulders should be, where your grip should be. And it was more of a, you know, just teaching the um, technical side of things. You know, and there, there were some drills out there you could do, you know, switching back and forth, knee on belly, switching, going in the mount, going to, you know, back to knee on belly, to arm bars, north, south, all that. You could do all that stuff too. But that was um, actually trying to teach them actual moves was, you know, definitely interesting. <laughs> it's something that obviously working with school owners, we've got a group of partners and we've got a few school owners from around the world, but different styles. And so yeah. it's always conversations that, have come up obviously with the pandemic and interesting as well because everyone's was always at a different stage of we're going into lockdown we're coming out what do we do um but it was a good opportunity to cross-pollinate ideas but um yeah uh we had one of our members call just talk about they were just in a two-month lockdown in new zealand and a hundred percent jiu-jitsu school and managed to keep all his students going but the main focus was just movement um, yeah. movement and, and, um, and keeping the community going. So, you know, a, a big thing that we've spoken about was the community, the content, and then the coaching. So how do you, how do you do those things? How do you create the community going? I mean, that's, that's the big thing. And how do you keep the coaching going? Um, and we came up with some creative ideas, right? So he bought the John Danaher set and then every day oh, yeah. he would just, he would just yeah. go through a, a video yeah. or they would post uh, you know, a clip from an instruction from someone else and then they would study it and they would analyze it. So they'll use use even someone else's content, but then create the conversation around it to, uh, to yeah, to keep the community. Yeah, we did the same thing. We actually, um, one day, myself, um, would do a jujitsu video with my um, my student. He's, I've known him forever. And it was him and I. We'd do a jujitsu video. Then the next day, we'd use a video or something from someone else. We use a lot of John Danaha, Gordon Ryan, stuff like that. Um, and then the next day I would do like a karate video for everyone. 
And then the next day, my student would do a kickboxing MMA video for, for them. So every day we were putting out a video for the students also to give them some content to study. So not only could they do classes, I would send these videos and post them to everyone and they could go at home and practice that same combinations, three or four, you know, five different ways on how to do an overhand right, you know, um, do how to do two pin in the proper way, you know, a form, you know, and so that, that worked out pretty well too. Sounds good. So give us a bit of a background about your, your school and your location. And um, I know you've got a massive facility and you've got two floors and just, just yeah. give us a bit of an overview on the infrastructure and how things operate. I've been here since 1999. Um, I pretty much, I've always done martial arts since I was uh, 14 and I'm, I just turned 50. So I've been doing it for a while. Um, I just one day woke up and decided I didn't want to do my job anymore and said, I'm going to open up a school. Let's try it. How long so, was um, 1999. <laughs> yeah. And um, so I found, a, I found a location. And at first it was only, we only had about 2,000 square feet. But I like this location because it always had the opportunity to grow. So um, I just started off with traditional karate. I, um, I always studied grappling and wrestling on my own on the side. And I'd already had a couple of fights on the side, but I didn't really promote that too much. Yeah. And then um, as we grew, we grew fast. First six months, we grew pretty quick. So I got to open up another 1,400 square feet or so in the back. And we used that room for a while. And then I always, I always had the basement downstairs. And it's a giant, like, two-bay two garage, you know, um, basement. And um, one day my landlord's like, you know, if you want the space, I'll charge you this much for it. And, um, you know, just take it over and do what you want. You do the work. I'll give it to you cheap. And it's cheap. And I was like, all right. So I did all the work. And then so, like I said, we got two open floors upstairs, bathrooms, office, all that stuff. Downstairs, there's a couple different ways you can go in. It's got showers, a um, lock, couple locker rooms downstairs, a bag room. It's got a ring, a cage, and um, uh, probably about a 1,800 square foot like uh, weight weight room too. So I, I I did the weight room originally for the um, the parents. A lot of parents don't have time to go to the gym, so I allowed the parents for free at first to. Um, while their kids are in class, they're going to see us run on the treadmill, lift some weights or do something. That way they don't have to worry about their kids. They knew they're doing class. Um, but that took off. And, I, you know, that was taken off pretty good. So now I hired a personal trainer, you know, so he, he comes in, he does personal classes, you know, for the parents. And, you know, it's a little bit extra income off of that and stuff like that. And, you know, you know, they schedule private school. Kids, a lot of them, they'll come down here and work with them during their kids' class and get, get in shape. So. You know, we got a little bit of everything, you know, um, kids, master, all the kids classes are for us. We got kids, BJJ, kids, Muay Thai, kids, Kempo Karate. And then usually at nighttime, it's, a, it's, you know, depending on the day, it's either adult Muay Thai, adult MMA, adult BJJ, gi or no gi on the day. And then um, cardio kickboxing too. And then we do stuff on the weekends. Saturday's a full day of classes. Sunday is um, kind of my day. I invite either the black belts in and we do like a black belt workout or I'll just invite some fighters in and we'll just train. So it's like a training day on Sundays for us. So, um, you know, it's a, it's a full-time job. Like I said, it's like 8,000 square feet, full-time job. I have about maybe now 330 students 
and yeah, you know, it has its moments, but you know, I've been blessed throughout this whole pandemic, so I can't complain. That's cool. And so you've got two names, right? Tokyo Joe's. Yes. It's Tokyo Joe's two years and Team Link yep. MMA. Yep. Curious on, on two names, but also Tokyo Joe's. Well, my instructor who was 14 was playing football and he was into karate and um, he, he's from East Boston and he was doing a um, some karate moves in football practice and they just named him Tokyo Joe. You know, that was his nickname. So as he progressed and opened up his own school, he met me at a, um, that was always his nickname. He called it Tokyo Joe Studios. He named it after his nickname. And then um, I was at the Canadian Open as a karate tournament and he had met me and he said, hey, you fought really well. Why don't you come train with me? And he goes, you know, I'm like, all right. And he was close by. So I started training with him and, you know, competing under him, you know, in all these karate tournaments all over the place. Also, I got a chance to train with like Jody Tension and Reggie Perry, who are part of the team, Paul Mitchell, who are, you know, world champions too. So open up to my doors and ideas. And then um, one day he's like, you know, you should think about opening up a school. You're a great instructor, you're a great motivator, you're a good leader. And I didn't really put much thought into it. And then he kept bugging me and bugging me. And then one day I'm at doing my job construction. I was doing construction, driving some equipment. And I'm like, you know what? Yeah, it's time. I don't feel like doing this. <laughs> so I, went into the office and gave my notice and went back to him and said, I guess we'll open up a school. Let's try it. So that was the karate side of things. Right. I'd always done MMA on the side. I was part of um, uh, Militich fighting systems with Pat Militich. And when I trained there with them, it was, um, you know, they had three out of the five UFC champions. It was one of the best gyms around. We did a lot of fighting and training there, but as they all got old and branched off, open up their own gyms and everything kind of disbanded. I was just left with like no direction in my, like my BJJ program. I was only a purple belt at the time. And, um, really no, you know, didn't know how to, you know, what to do. So, um, like I said, Michael Alvin, Gabriel Gonzaga and, um, Alexander Moreno all came to me one day cause I had trained with them, helped them out with fights and worked with them. And they're like, why don't you just join us? You know, it would be a great marketing thing for your BJJ program. It's a little confusing for some people, but once they get in here, they realize I kind of keep it separate and I like keeping it separate because I like the younger kids. I think, you know, yeah, we do do BJJ. We still teach a little bit of focus and concentration in that class, like a karate thing. I like them to learn the focus and concentration side of things. They don't need to necessarily see all the hard work and training that goes in the MMA plus parents. You know, sometimes they get the wrong opinion. They see the fights on TV and they think that's what it's all about. And I don't want to give the parents that impression. So that's why I have an upstairs and downstairs and stuff. But it's actually become a great tool because parents realize all the hard work and all the dedication that goes into that. That's their martial art. You know, that's their form. You know, while the kids are learning their stuff, they see the adults or the teenagers doing this and they realize there's a lot of hard work if it's taught the right way. So now... You know, like whenever we have someone fight, you know, it's a fight pass. I got to open up the school and we'll have a school full of people watching it on the TV. You know what I mean? It becomes a school party. So it brings them all together. You know, like you said, you're trying to trying to create a good, you know, good atmosphere, you know, for everyone, good environment. And it brings them all together to watch the fights and stuff like that. So it's kind of cool. Perfect. Because that was going to be my next question. How do you balance the two cultures? Do you find that they divide it or they sort of come together 
it's actually come to get at first it was pretty divided you know when it first the sport was starting to grow it was pretty divided you know people thought you know brutality this that and you know and you could definitely understand that but um but over the years as time has gone on people see it you know they've seen the fights you know pants of ass you know um we've like i said they've you know they got you know a lot of kids would do karate competitions you know so then you know now they have kids muay thai very controlled but kids muay thai and then um you know they got kids bjj so because of all these classes that we have you know kids getting involved in all these other smaller competitions the parents are wanting to see what the adults and teens are doing and how that's evolved so it's actually brought it all kind of together you know and everyone's you know everyone's it's pretty cool to see everyone like you know support everyone get together and support everyone and have fun too you have a lot of parents that will just come down on wednesday nights aspiring night they'll just come down and just watch you know they get the they'll bring the you know 10 year old kid and you know is aspiring on wednesday yeah can we come on yeah come on in you know they have a whole group that will just sit on the side and just watch you know this is awesome you know because they get a chance to see you know kicks punches and stuff and blocks and wrestling they into actual you know, you get a lot of kids that don't compete. We don't force them to compete. If you want to compete, we can get them ready. But it gets to see them, you know, put it in practical use, kind of. You know, so they like they like watching it. Perfect. So, so just to change gears a little bit back to, to yeah. the marketing aspect, you got a successful school, three hundred plus students. You mentioned word of mouth is good. What else contributes to the growth? Community involvement, like I said, but it's everything's changing now. The whole the whole world's changed. I mean, you, you you know what I mean. When I first opened up, you know, you had the advertise in the yellow pages, you know, big giant ads in the yellow pages. You know, that was a thing. You had that the who had the biggest ad, you know, the big best looking ad in the yellow pages. Then as time went on, and your name's going to start with and your name's going to start with A, right? So that you like yeah, exactly, exactly, yeah. And then um. Then as time went on, you know, internet became more, it was like, you know, websites were huge. You know, websites are still very important and they're still a useful tool, but you know, that was important. Then, you know, now social media, you know, the whole, the whole advertising world has changed so much over the 20 plus years, you know? So now I just, I just try and stay on top of things. I do do a lot of social media. I do do a lot of posting. I do do a lot of contests, you know, within the schools. Um, on that, I do do a lot. Of, like I said, I'm involved in the community, the schools, you know, certain um, fairs, certain, you know, town fairs, this and that. Those are all advertising avenues for me, you know, when they have town fairs. I do a community fair myself every, well, I haven't done the last couple of years because of the pandemic, but I rent all kinds of bouncy houses, obstacle courses, this and that, dunk tanks. And at the end of every summer, I do like a community thing. You know, everyone's welcome. We'll do a little open house, some demonstrations, have a huge cookout for everyone. And, you know, it's just advertising like that is big. I'm always looking, though, like, I, you know, I know right now, you know, I got, I'm got i looking to step up on the digital side of things, pick up the uh, digital side of things and marketing some online, make my online presence a little bit better is my goal for this year. Perfect. So I, I love the aspect of community. I mean, that's, I think that's just gold, right? Because being involved in the community, it makes you stand out. It, it also builds your authority, um, you know, way behind just the martial arts you offer. But you mentioning things are changing. What, what are you noticing that's changing the most, especially with just the world and online that's impacting your marketing the most? 
Um, really, it's just the online presence. You know, it's, uh, be, having a great online presence is very important now. You know, before you, it wasn't, but now, you know, a lot of the, you see a lot of the bigger school, you see ads all the time. You see this all the time. And, you know, these schools aren't spending that amount of money if it's not working. <laughs> you know, there's certain things out there, you know, and I know these school owners very well. And I know that they're not putting these ads out there if it's not working. And I just noticed a, a, a huge online presence and how important it is. It's, it's becoming, you know what I mean? And, you know, before you had a whole script on the phone. You know, very rarely do I get phone calls now. Now it's all emails. Or you sometimes even text messages. Oh, my friend gave me a number. My son's in it. You know, it's emails. It's text messages. It's all online. You've been to your website. You've been to your Facebook page. You know, what about this? So just the online presence is becoming very important. And just making sure, you know, your name's out there and making sure, you know, you're promoting your product or, or whatever it may be, your services out there is what I think is the best, you know, is what's changing the most. Before, you know, you're right. Fortunately, I have a great word of mouth, and that's great. It means, like you said, you get a great service. You got great products. You got that. But, you know, you can always do better. So I definitely want to do the online present thing. I think school owners like yourself, where, where you benefit is you've built this whole foundation without that. Fine-tune the product, the delivery, the programs, the community aspect. When you elevate your online presence it's really just fuel on the fire because you've got all the foundations uh right yeah um i mean we like to really especially now in in the work that we do with school owners we're really just trying to think of the simplicity of it um and like you were saying with people don't really call anymore so when you look at that it's not you know the message is still the same it's just the medium of communication is is different so people you know you got to ask permission before you call, yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah, the world's just gotten like that. I always text someone and say, "Hey, is it okay to call you?" It's like, thought yeah. you would just pick up the phone, right? But yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> messenger and you know, messenger. I mean, we find message ads to messenger is still the the best thing ever because if, of course, you've got the process to sign people up and work work through the yeah. process. There's so many things that we are are seeing changing, and 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 like you said, I mean, I'm I'm a I'm a web developer from you know way back and my first advice was always be just get the spanky awesome website and get that up on google and you're good um yeah now i don't give that advice anymore um you know i would i would say right let's let's get your offer right and let's get your ad up you know let's get your message out there and find a simple way to follow up and if you can get those things right websites good to have for the people that will go google and check you out but i mean you can build a big organization just without that um, exactly. The only thing that always scares me is the uh, the control factor of putting all your eggs into a basket like Facebook, and you know that's the one thing that drives your drives your business. And if it's not there, well, I mean, I think it's still going to be there for a long time, right? But especially when you th- see things shuffle and, and people change to different platforms, it's good to be tabs and yeah, you know, be a bit omnipresent. In, in that way that you can do without the exactly other. i mean it's definitely been interested noticing the changes that's for sure like you said you know everything i always tell everyone this you know i've helped a few people open up schools and i just you know that's what i'm get the online presence going you know well what about this ad no you don't need that ad does it's not like the old days you know you don't need yellow pages you don't need this you don't need that get your online presence up and going 
get get you need a website of course you know people still will visit it and go on you know make sure you have this in your website and like you said the right the right content in the website that's going to attract the people to go to it the right ads the right deals and stuff like that online presence is you know definitely more important for sure so what's next for you edward like where where are you guys going you're opening up more locations I don't know if, honestly, what's next for me is I've been um, really, I've been doing this for a long time. Um, has really been touring with the idea of doing another smaller location. I don't know if I, I you know, but before I've done that, I've been really trying to develop a good, strong, solid staff here. I'm one of the few instructors, like, I enjoy teaching. And, like, some instructors enjoy running their school you know, and then they have instructors teach for them. I like still being out on the floor, you know, with the kids and teaching. I still like teaching MMA. I still like, you know, teaching BJJ, you know, and, you know, I, you know, people think I'm crazy, but I still teach up to 40 plus classes a week. And, um, and I love it, but I'm also 50 now. So now um, I'm developing the, um, the staff and the know-how, you know, of really developing, like, I got some really good fighters that, um, Still have a few years left in them, but know that, you know, the end's coming. But unbelievable instructors. So I'm getting them involved, you know, developing a, a really solid foundation in the BJJ group of instructors, um, working on getting them, I guess, some unbelievable teens, getting them involved in the karate side of things and showing them and teaching them, you know, so that way when that second location opportunity does come, I know that. I'll be able to leave for the day and leave this place in good, in good hands, you know, so staff, um, staff training and, you know, pick, picking the right people to find out who want to be part of the team and making sure she has the same vision, you know what I mean? And, and um, so that second location within, you know, I got a goal, I set goals, but within a couple of years, I want to definitely want to have something up, a second one up and going, you know, like, you know, this school's all set. So that's that's really what I've been working on now. Gotcha. And I guess lastly, what what are you most excited about for the next couple of years? Just growing. You know, I I I love it. There's like you know we had, you know, already since January. It's I don't even know what the, what's the date. The seventh. We've had, um, you know, it's always the new year rush, but we already had um, fourteen new people sign up. So it's been great. Um, I love getting the new people going, you know, I just, I love teaching. I just love growing and, you know, um, and, um, just helping people out, you know, I can't complain. I got, I got a, I got a, I have a great job. And so, I mean, what's next is just to keep growing, keep having fun and keep sharing what I love to do. And, um, you know, hopefully that second location will come in a few years and go from there. Sounds good. Hey, Ed, thanks so much for jumping on. Been, been great to chat. And just the title of your book again? Uh, Lift Them Up. Lift Them Up. Yeah, definitely on Amazon.com um, and um, Barnes & Nobles. It's also on Barnes & Nobles' website too. So if they want to check it out, please check it out. It's a great, great book on bullying, you know, all the different types of bullying that there are in the world today. So um, definitely check it out. Yeah, perfect. We'll link it up in the, in the show notes. So wherever you're watching or listening, it will be martialartsmedia.com forward slash 126. The number's 126. That'll take you there. Um, and just lastly, any 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 shout-out you want to give or any way that people can connect with you if, if you're open to that? 
Yeah. Um, you can always, you know, we just talked about, you can always um, hit me up, you know, of course, on my email at Tokyo Joe's hooks it um, at Comcast.net. You can always hit me up on Facebook at, at, under Ed Carr, or you can visit the school webpage, Tokyo Joe Studios. At Instagram, I'm on Instagram at Tokyo Joe Studios and on Twitter. So those are the best ways. Like I said, we talk about social media and stuff. You know, that's what people use. The best ways to hit me up, send me a message, ask me any questions. You know, you can call the school, 603-641-3444 if you want. Ask me any questions you want. I'm always here and always willing to help. Fantastic. Ed, thanks so much. I'll chat to you soon. Thank you. Thank you very much. And thank you for having me. You're welcome. Awesome. Thanks for listening. If you want to connect with other top smart martial arts school owners and have a chat about marketing, lead generation, what's working now, and or just have a, a gentle rant about things that are happening in the industry, then I want to invite you to join our Facebook group. It's a private Facebook group and in there, I share a lot of extra videos and downloads and worksheets, things that are working for us when we work, help school owners grow, and share a couple of video interviews and a bunch of cool extra resources. So uh, it's called the Martial Arts Media Community, and an easy way to access it is if you just go to the domain name martialartsmedia.group. So martialartsmedia.group, G-R-O-U-P. Uh, there's no .com or anything, martialartsmedia.group. That will take you straight there. Uh, request to join and I will accept your invitation. Thanks. I'll speak to you on the next episode. Cheers. Ladies and gentlemen, that will conclude this evening's entertainment. Thanks for listening. If you need help building your martial arts school, check out martialartsmedia.com.